0: Hello, welcome to In The Pocket Across The Pond, UK-based NFL fantasy football podcast. I'm Lewis. And I'm Alex Brindle. And I'm Alex Sharples. So week 10 is done already, just like that. It's absolutely flying by, going by well too fast for my liking. But uh, Al, what were some of your takeaways from week 10 of the NFL season? Apart from the game of the year, which I'm sure we'll get to the Bills Vikings game, uh it has to be Justin Fields. Mm. Thirty nine fantasy points who ran for a million yards again. I mean the the Lion the the Bears offence, I should say, is playing really like fantastic football, but they're not winning. So um Hopefully they don't change because it's yeah. clearly the defense that needs to shape up because the offense is is really really moving. But just That's, you, you sort of keyed in on a little thing I wanted to to say then as well because it's like what do you make of this team? Because like you just said, you know, Fields is playing incredibly well. They're breaking like he's breaking all these all these records for rushing and stuff like that. But they're not winning. So like. You could see that as um like like sort of a negative, but then again, is it is it not a positive? Because it's this team—they've traded away all the defensive pieces. They've got so many picks, and then it's creating optimism because it's like, right, we've we've got all these picks and the quarterback that we've got is actually really good. So I mean, I know they've been losing games, but I would see. it really optimistically because progression there's progression and you look at fields and you think okay this is they've sort of like it's like a bit of a trial by fire really it's like here listen we're going to trade away all the other pieces this is your team put it on your back and see what you can do and I know he's not been winning but he's been impressive what do you think Sharples about this Burrs team and and Justin Fields
1: yeah uh Definitely looks a lot better. Uh, sort of the past month or so, he's, he's been brilliant. Um, I think ultimately, right now, he's still a better fantasy asset than he is a real life asset, um, because obviously the, the the amount that he runs for fantasy is going to translate into big points. I mean, 16, 167 rushing yards it, straight away. That's you know, that's a, a week's total for a normal quarterback. However, it's not. You know, it, he also only made twelve successful passes. So you're always going to mm-hmm. struggle in real life in terms of putting points on the board when you know when that happens. So while I think yeah for fantasy, unbelievable. I think for an actual real player, he's still got a little bit of work to do. But I mean, the ceiling is is ridiculously high, and he's what, only in his second year, so not going to yeah. get too judgmental. He's been he's he's a really exciting player, and also to be fair, the, you know the rest of the roster stinks. They've traded away the two best pieces on defense in the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know I like Darnell Mooney. I like Cole comet I like David Montgomery, but you know you wouldn't really call them outstanding pieces. So there's obviously a lot of building to do, and I'm guessing it's going to be around Fields now. But uh, you know, past, past few weeks, yeah, what can you say? He's, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, no. People forget that Josh Allen was was pretty average
0: and maybe a little bit bad in his first couple of years in the league. Right. Like yeah. he had he had an incredible um, kind of growth spurt, if you will. The year that they got Stefan Diggs, unbelievable, like like, uh, never been seen before levels of of progression from one year to the next when Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs. So there's always hope though. That's why that's why at the start of the season I thought there was possibly hope with Daniel Jones because it was Dayball who, who who improved Allen's accuracy, but obviously Stefan Diggs did as well. But with some of these quarterbacks who are in the second year and they're showing you flashes, just remember that. Or or if if you weren't into the NFL or you weren't into fantasy football three years ago, three years ago Josh Allen was seen as a quarterback who could run a little bit and had a big arm but wasn't accurate and was a project. That's who mm. Josh Allen was seen after after his even second year, never mind his his rookie year in the league. I mean, you have all these like memes of um, sort of American uh, sport talk show yeah. host as well saying the same thing about Lamar Jackson after like his first sort of half season with the Ravens they were like, Yeah, there is a there is a quote by by one particular person. Um He who, shall not be named He should not be named. And he's he's talking about Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold and he's like in relation to them he's like, Yeah Lamar Jackson's a project. He's not Sam Darnold and he's not Josh Rosen now there's never been a truer um a, a, a truer quote, I, don't, I think, about Lamar Jackson, he is not Sam Darnold or yeah, Josh yeah, Rosen. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah very safe. This certain talk show host was right about that. Yeah, but um, <laughs> there was also some some pretty big upsets this week, I thought. There's two of them I want to focus on. Commander's obviously beating the Eagles um, first off. I mean, for me, it's all credit to, com- to the Commander's here. They, they commanded the game. Um, I mean they, they literally forced the will upon the eagles like and they convert, converted for downs moved the chains and, and legitimately just won that game um but I mean what did you what did you guys think Sharples? what do you think about that that commander's upset of the eagles
1: yeah I think exactly what you said you know they came in with a with a game plan and they stuck to it uh, I think this is the first time that the Eagles have really been tested past half-time this season and unfortunately um. they came at one and yeah the, the commanders came in. Um, yeah, knew what they wanted to do, went about it in a regimented way, and just stifled them really, which which is a bit of a surprise. I mean, should it be that much of a surprise? Or oh, they've got some they've got some good pieces on defense, but yeah, I don't not what anyone was expecting, but yeah, certainly an impressive performance. Yeah, Al, what do you think about that game? Uh, honestly,
0: I, nothing in these Thursday night or Monday night games surprises me or anymore because every week it seems to be an upset. What I will say, is that correct, the thirty-two points for the commanders? Yeah, because it could be like a that it could be like a bit of Scorigami
1: going on because yeah. you know those you know yeah, all those yeah, no, like yeah. ch- yeah. charts, which it's people because Sharple's um... do you know about that? Scorigami, yes. The fact that yeah. like not every possible score has been achieved and whenever there's a new not, one it's called not... scoregami. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And and the commanders having thirty-two points there immediately potentially puts it in score again because yeah. they scored a defensive touchdown on the last play of the game they did, right? yeah and, Smith, and you don't yeah. Uh, you don't kick a field goal after that I assume no 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 right no so I mean that that fro- that does throw the um the score off a little bit you know the game was what would that make it the game was 26 21 yeah um yeah Obviously, Devonta Smith just fancied throwing a touchdown to a, a defensive alignment uh, Why for, wouldn't you for the wrong team?
1: But yeah, the, it's the, just
0: the, the these Thursday night, Monday night games are, are, are pretty weird. Yeah, um, they are. At the minute, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, the Titans come out this week and beat whoever they're playing on Thursday night. <laughs> the, the Titans this week are playing the Packers. Yeah. So maybe the Packers are the underdogs in that game. Then actually,
1: I, I think, think, I, I, think I think they on. will
0: be. Well, speaking of the Packers, the other upset for me was the Cowboys losing against the Packers. Obviously, as a Cowboys fan, i I was holding out hope. I was convinced that this would be the time that we that we just absolutely give it to Rodgers at Lambeau Field, but not to be. Um, not really liking how this Dallas defense has mm. crumbled a bit over the past few weeks. Uh, Al, I mean, what do you make of that game? I was as I say, as a, as a Cowboys fan, I was disappointed. But from a Packers perspective, signs of life? Um, I think it says more about the Cowboys bottling it under pressure. Again, like I said the other week, for some reason, when Cooper Rush is at quarterback, they have the most diverse and inventive playbook in the league. Yeah. And then you put Dak Prescott back in there, yeah. and it's just rubbish yeah. and just nothing, nothingness. And they can... They don't move the ball as dynamically sure. as they do with Cooper Rush, and I'm just, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, guys. Cooper Rush isn't as good as Dak Prescott. So What's that, here? so, that, whoa, whoa, so whoa. that, so to me, that speaks to the player calling more than it does Dak Prescott's play. Because I think Dak Prescott's a really good player, um, and it's just so frustrating when mm. like I, I literally said it the other week they have Prescott a quarterback, and they get lazy with the play calling. Yeah. Treat Prescott like he would Cooper Rush, and he'll have double the touchdowns yeah. and double the yards yeah. that Rush had. we were obviously talking a bit biased here as Cowboys fans. As a bit of a neutral, what did you think of of that game of the outcome?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's tough to go to the to the Cheesehead Arena and win. Uh, obviously the Jets have done it this season, but you know, uh, not many teams do it, and. I have to say I, I'm not sure it was about the the Cowboys. I think it was more the, the just the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson went off. I mean, four receptions, but for 107 yards. You yeah. can't you can't forecast that. You can't predict it. There's no. it's really hard predicting the you know the the, the Green Bay receiving core because there's Watson, there's Watkins, there's Lazard, there's Romeo Dubs when he's back, there's Robert Tunyon. Like there's a there's a lot of players on a similar level and. You never know, sort of, which one was going to go off. And this week it was obviously Christian Watson. Whether that's a sign of things to come, I, I don't know. But um, I think anytime you you throw three touchdowns, to someone in the same game, that that trust is obviously going to be there. And that's obviously what Aaron Rodgers needs. So I don't really think well, you should be too so. harsh harsh on on yourselves and the Cowboys' defense. It's just, you know, it's, it's just a bit of an abnormality this season. And um, and yeah, uh, you know, so, so sometimes someone's going to catch 107 yards from only four catches. Against you, not a lot what you can do about, about? it.
0: Mm. I will say though I am personally not rushing to to get Christian Watson and plug him in straight away because we saw a really big game from Romeo Dubs earlier or Dobbs earlier in the season, um, and like you just said, Chapel, they do spread it around, and I think people are going to be clamoring for Christian Watson this week, and I wouldn't be yep. surprised if this was his and best yeah, game of the season. I agree. And, and whenever look, another another thing that we've learned from playing fantasy for a few years is. You need to learn when to spot the possible mirages. And when someone has the fancy points and the touchdowns that Christian Watson has off what what did you say, Sharples? Four receptions. Four receptions. That's where, Four receptions. That's where the alarm bell should start going off a little bit. Not normal, way too efficient to be a weekly thing. So just proceed with caution with Christian Watson. I, I agree. And I think that stat line is the perfect example of why it's not all about the stats if you watched that game he had seven targets four receptions two of those targets he didn't catch him because it was his own fault you know there was there was a couple of drops in there there was one where rogers threw an absolute bomb must have been 50 yards to him and rookie mistake literally mm-hmm. he he turns round while the cornerback's covering him and doesn't see the ball because it's over his head because it's flying over to, to hit him with a bomb in the in the corner of the end zone and he just doesn't see it so he, he didn't play great no. I mean it was probably the worst three touchdown game you've ever seen but that's where <laughs> th- that's where like that's where you've got to watch the games and see because I wasn't as convinced either because there were some mistakes in there and obviously you know he's a rookie he can get better three touchdowns he's excellent for him but speaking yep. of yep. Christian Watson there was some really good good wide receiver games um, this week. Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Christian Watson, Christian Kirk, Devontae Adams, Nick westbrook Uh mm. All those guys popped off for over 25 PPR fancy points. Um, here's a fun one for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Only one running back in the top 10 this week of fantasy scoring all positions right quarterback tight end wide receiver running back the top 10 only had one running back in it this week sherpels can you guess who that was
1: oh god off the top of my head
0: what what if I said he's
1: back <laughs> <laughs> uh n- no who, who is it it's Jonathan Taylor Highest oh my scoring, God.
0: highest scoring running oh back, back in fantasy this week. I He's back. Existed. He's back. You. Everyone. I'm telling you. Yeah. If, if you didn't play fantasy football last season, or for the for the the season before, for the kind of last half of the season, when you saw him break that run and just no one could catch him, that was like a weekly occurrence last season. Yeah, yeah. And it was just so yeah. great to see it again. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was nice to see Jonathan Taylor, actually. I think it was his best game of the year, maybe or maybe, Easily. maybe not. I think he had a good week one as well. Um, but speaking of the Which Colts... Which I called. You did call that, well done. I mean, we. I apologise because at the time I was having a go saying that was an incredibly cold take, but over the course of the season that was maybe the hottest take on this, on this show that you've said that Jonathan Taylor's going to have a good game. <laughs> yeah, I
1: played I play a long game, me boys.
0: You do, but speaking of the Colts, um, they were about two weeks late to the Halloween party because yeah. they resurrected Matt Ryan from the grave. Um, <laughs> longest run of his career, <laughs> he, honestly. Like you know, two hundred and twenty-two passing yards. He also threw a touchdown and also a career-long thirty-nine-yard run. Looked like a man with a new lease on life. Just needed honestly. that beauty sleep. He Just did. Needed that he beauty did. sleep. Uh, and I like I like Matt Ryan, so I'm happy that he got the call up again. I really don't know what to make of that situation. It's really muddy with the GM and firing the head coach. But I feel it, like Frank head... Reich got screwed over. He did a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I feel he like, like Frank Reich bit. got told to play a a, a fifth-round, second-year rookie who like never played before, and then he got fired because that guy was playing bad, and then now they bring Matt Ryan back in. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like, I feel like Frank Reich kind of got screwed on that one. I agree, but... Let's 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 cut to the chase. Vikings Bills Ooh. game of the season. Sharples, give us your thoughts on that game.
1: Yeah, what a game! Obviously, we we watched it together. We we picked yeah, this week's first week to uh, to watch it all. And, and yeah, well, we did. We, we did. Um, just, yeah, just unbelievable. I mean, I think most noticeably, it's it's probably the the worst I've seen Josh Allen in about two seasons. I don't know if he's fully right. Again, I think he's got that that shoulder injury just niggling away. Do you not think, Shapples? Um, Do you not
0: think there'd be there's there's a possible kind of um a a kind of uh, what's it called superstitious reason to why Josh Allen's been playing bad for the past two weeks? Do do you think? Can you think of anything off the top of your head why two since two weeks ago he's been playing bad? Superstitious reason? um, Because I can. Could it
1: could it be you potentially trading for him in our league?
0: Yeah, I, 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 kind of, I'm beginning to quite famously have a curse over quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, like it's not quite my tight end curse, but uh, you're certainly <laughs> getting there. Uh...
1: I felt the bitter sting of that this week too.
0: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. sorry. Continue, Sheffield. Do you have any more thoughts?
1: Sorry, yeah, no. Um, just a really exciting game. Um, Justin Jefferson is a freak. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that's as I say, I mean that 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 catch was probably the best. I mean, obviously, there's the Odell Beckham catch, but that catch, he just literally just ripped it out of another man's two hands when he he's did, about he 10 feet in the air. Just, yeah, outrageous. What a game. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great game. And that that catch, it was great. I feel like the cornerback the
0: should get some credit for it, though, because he was also one of the reasons why he stayed off the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, it was, it was, it was ridiculous it's for amazing, Jefferson to get yeah. his hand in there and then snatch it out at the right moment. Great. So many changes like yeah <laughs> and we like like sharp just said it's the first time we've watched red zone together this year and th- that that's also why you don't trust win percentage metrics because oh, if if yeah. the vikings can go from like a 0% win percentage to a 70% win percentage in 2 seconds and off one player <laughs> yeah. then then yeah. They, then they're absolute rubbish yeah. but yeah it's just the sheer fact that you thought it was lost so many times even like when they were when they were the best part 20 points 15 points down um fantastic game what a catch yeah i agree and it's it's just sort of like the you know, it's what you want from an NFL game. You know, there's plenty of scoring, um, some ridiculous plays made by these 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 amazing athletes, um, and some really strange occurrences like that. Really outrageous fumble recovery touchdown by the Vikings in the Bills' own end zone with forty seconds left, and that didn't yep. win it because the Bills went down and got a field goal. Just an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al, any more thoughts on on Week Ten? I just want to mention. The LA teams, uh, because they're both really struggling at the minute, and the Rams. Emphasis on the L in the LA. Teams. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the, you know the the Rams. They got the ring last year, so I think for them it's a bit like yeah. You, you give them a year. It's a Super Bowl hangover. They're banged up. Uh, it's really not working. But like I said, they won the Super Bowl last year, so they're a fo- they're allowed a lot of time. Whereas I think Brandon Staley should be big time on the hot seat here, because really the yeah right, and this is my case because he's been at the Chargers now a year and a half. They they've really not been good since the start of last season. They started last year four and one, five and two. And Justin Herbert was playing out his mind, and it was like, this is such a hype out offence, and and Herbert's like crazy good, and they've only lost one game in the first month and a half of the season. Since they were five and two last season, they have been objectively bad. Mm -hmm. Like to the point where Staley is probably below five hundred for his career. Admittedly his head coaching career is only a year and a half long. But all I'm saying is People have been talking about the Chargers as if they should be competing, but for me, they're well off it. They're well off it at the minute. And they're underperforming. People think this underperforming Chargers thing is new to this year. It's not. Go and look at the results after week six of last year. It was win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Then Seriously, they're nowhere near it, and we need to chill out on this Chargers being, being uh, proper competitors at the minute I think and and like I said I think staley should be on the hot seat to be honest yeah, yeah. um and I mean emphasis on the in the loss in the Los Angeles yeah anyway, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's, yeah let's get to our, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to our, our categories um Sharples, who's the worst team in the league
1: oh I think it might just be the Raiders
0: -hmm <laughs>
1: I, I you mean, are, yeah. lo- you know, lo- losing against the Colts. I mean, with a with with a high school coach. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, mm. di- didn't Derek Carr actually cry? Yeah, the, he
0: did. The, it was, yeah. it was, yeah. it was yeah. fantastic, actually. So I think that tells you all you need to see know. It. Passion, passion for the game. Uh, I went the Raiders as well, because in both phases of the game, they are absolute trash. Mm. Al? Well, I couldn't decide between the Broncos or the Raiders, but luckily for us, oh yeah, <laughs> we get that decided this week. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, not buying it win. I'm going to go for the Colts, because they beat the Raiders, and who hasn't this mm. year? Sharple, uh, Zuzio, not buying it win.
1: Yeah, snap. Uh, Colts as well. Obviously, a nice feel good factor. You know, it's Saturday every day in Indiana, but um, I think next <laughs> week they go to the Eagles and I think they're going to get quite a rude awakening there. Fantastic. Al? I'm going to go to the
0: Cardinals because this was a completely nothing game. Yeah. Um, both teams uh, having disappointing seasons. Neither of the starting quarterbacks played. The story out of this game was Cooper Cup's injury. Um, very forgettable win for the Cardinals that I don't think changes anyone's perspective on them. Al, give us
1: your impressive victory. Has to be the Vikings. Yeah, Sharps, gonna swerve on you. I'm gonna go for the Commanders. I don't think you can beat an eight and team and it not be impressive. Yeah, that's the one. I was. I had the Vikings as
0: as this the impressive victory. Um, sort of after after Sunday night and all through Monday. And then the Commanders went one better and beat the 8 all team. So I also mm-hmm. went the Commanders because you can't beat an undefeated team and it not be an impressive win. Yeah. But um, the worst part of the show, um, Alex's little think pieces, go ahead. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we had that feedback before, to be fair, but I'm never going to stop. <laughs> uh, the worst part of the show, injuries. Quite a lot of painful ones this week, so buckle up. Cooper Cup ankle injury, Ow. he's been placed in injured reserve, he's going to miss at least a month, probably needing some surgery as well. Um, mumblings, they might shut him down for the season, you know, mm. in, depending on, uh, on how this Rams, um, this Los Angeles Rams. What, what idiot said uh, that the Colts should shut Jonathan Taylor down last week? By the way? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, so yeah, Cooper Cup uh, managers um, act accordingly. Uh, Zach Ertz, done for the year knee injury devastating but he's, he's out for the season a couple more tight ends Dallas Goddard inexplicably I, I noticed this um, just this morning when I checked my fantasy team uh, Dallas Goddard is going to miss some time with a shoulder injury um, so yeah monitor that but he, he he's going to miss this week and maybe a couple more Gerald Everett he exited uh, the Chargers game with a groin injury but he's considered day to day so he he might not miss this week monitor that one Um, Jerry Judy left his game with an ankle injury but somehow not assumed to be major Um, isn't expected to miss a great deal of time so just monitor that Juju Smith-Schuster exited the Chiefs game with a pretty nasty looking concussion so and you know same story all year we know what concussions are like this year so expect him to miss some time Khalil Herbert also another inexplicable one came out of that game with a hip injury. He's been placed on injured reserve as well. He's going to miss four weeks. He's one of those where, I mean, for, I, I, have, I, I have Khalil Herbert in a couple of leagues. I'm dropping him mm-hmm. because by that time, you're Can't going to be him. in your fancy playoffs. You need players who are going to play. So he's a he's a drop for me, probably. Yeah. Uh, and then Leonard Fournette also suffered a hip injury, forced him out of his game with the Bucks, but the Buccaneers are on a bye week this week. So he should have time to fully recover from that. That's an awkward one, because Fournette has been running historically terribly this oh, year. And the yes. books have in general, but Rashad White looked really good at the weekend. Um, and Fournette... If they weren't on a buy next week, and... Fournette was really hobbled or missed, and Rashad White played really well. Then you might have confidence in Rashad White going forward. But because Fournette probably has time to recover here, what the situation is going to be probably for a few weeks with the Bucks is you're you're not going to be totally confident in playing either of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think Fournette's probably the guy until White really has an opportunity on his own to show us otherwise. But yeah, just awkward, awkward backfield at the minute. But Rashad White looked really good. Yeah. So we love accountability on this podcast. Al, you've you've <clears throat> brought up the spreadsheet. Of course. You, why don't you take us through uh how our players furred this week? You're circling no two one can the see gooses. the listeners can't see, but I'm I'm circling <laughs> your tight end position. <laughs> Lou, seen a lot of red. Yeah. Not a goose this week, so you avoided the golden goose. I did avoid the golden goose. Not by much, was it though? By 2.1 points. Greg Dulcich. Yeah, Uh, not a great one though. No. Dawn Schultz came out for me. Yeah. 17.4. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Exactly what I wanted and expected.
1: Of course. Sharples, what about your tight end? Yeah, I went for Noah Fant based on a a good week the week before. Um, Projected 7.2, ended up with only 6.4, three for 34. Uh, I forgot it was an international game when I picked it. Uh, they can be quite weird and a bit not very good. Um, and ultimately, the Seahawks offense just decided this is the week that we're going to falter. So, um, yeah, fan took a hit on that. A uh, bit of a stagnant game, stagnant offense. And, uh, yeah, but still not a miss. Mm. Yeah. Well,
0: what about your wide receiver? I went for a man, Ras St. Brown, and he, he had a pretty bloody good game um, 11 receptions, 119 yards. uh and one, one rush for two yards. So yeah. all adds up. Um, 22.1 PPR points. Solid game. Hmm. Yeah, I went Christian Kirk, who went off 31.5. It was, it, I, I had some nice goals this week, and this was one of them. Kirk had a really great game. And he's so streaky, isn't he? He's so streaky, Christian Kirk, that I think... You you've got to ride it. you have got to play him again this next week, definitely. Um, and that week that he burns you, just maybe may sitting for a couple of weeks. But yeah, Christian Kirk, uh, Sharples, your your wide receiver was a bit of a bit of a prisoner of the 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 um, the Justin Fields a million rush yards.
1: Yeah, uh, oh, I went for Darnell yeah. Mooney. Um, projected 10.7, only came out with 9.7. Yeah, uh, four targets, four receptions, 57 yards. I think it was it was the right game to target him because obviously a high-scoring match. But obviously, as you said, i will made difficult by the fact that Justin Fields just decided to run the ball every time and do it for 167 <laughs> yards. Um, I think going forward, it still looks positive for Mooney. Uh, he's still the wide receiver one, despite uh, Chase Clearpool coming in. And you just got to hope that the better fields get, the more confidence he gets, the more he might drop back and actually throw him the ball, because he's got the talent. But yeah, just a, a middling week for Mooney this week. Mm.
0: Yeah, he didn't kill you, but he, he, you want more from Daniel Mooney. He was so good last year. Um, I'll start off with my running back, because it was terrible, Cordero Patterson. Three points in the Thursday night game, which meant that my pick was a whiff before this podcast even came out last week, which is uh, (laughs) our first. Um, Yeah, just a a really, really surprising one. Cuddle Patterson's a fantastic player, and it looked like everything was set up for there to be running back points in this game, as
1: Sharples knows with his running back. Um, Yeah, I'm quite glad that you picked Patterson, because I was going to take whoever was left out of Foreman and Patterson. Uh, I thought, as you said, there was going to be, especially based on they'd played each other two weeks before and there was a hell of a lot of points available. Um, but yeah, Deontay Foreman projected 11.7, came out with 19 in the end. And I said he'd be happy if he got uh, half as many carries as uh, as the previous game between them. But he actually got 31 carries, which is five more mm-hmm. than even, even in week eight. Uh, not quite as efficient, um, but 130 yards and a touchdown, I think. Even with Uh Tuba Hubbard coming back, he looks like he could be a, a real workhorse back for the remainder of the season. So, uh, yeah, good week for Foreman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and Lee what about yours? i went with Tony Pollard.
0: Um, in the hope that Ezekiel Elliott might miss, but even if he didn't miss, I thought he was going to have a good week. Ezekiel Elliott did miss, and Tony Pollard just balled out again. Um, 22 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown, and then one reception for 13 yards um he's he's so good he's really good like you know i as a player i really like ezekiel elliott but tony pollard is the better running back now Mm. he's saying that I, i was tempted to pick zeke this week um i haven't but i do think zeke scores points coming forward um and what about that quarterback sharples
1: Yeah, unfortunately this week, uh, sorry, last week I decided to pick on uh, who the most handsome quarterback is, but rather than actual talent, uh, (laughs) so I went for Jimmy Garoppolo, Uh, he hit bang on his projection, which was 15.9, but it took a rushing touchdown for him to get that, which is not something that you want to bank on with him, Uh, 240 yards, no touchdowns uh, through the air, and another steady game for him, but I was really hoping to see McCaffrey unlock that ceiling, which it didn't do, but... Maybe as as he gets a bit more ingrained in the offense that that comes with time, and also don't know what's going on with Debo at the minute. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do think there is a positive outlook for him going forward. It just wasn't the right week for it.
0: Don't really know what's going on with that Forty ers team. Mm-hmm. It's like I saw that that tweet that um, Kyle Shanahan's the only person who would trade every, all that trade the entire team's future for Christian McCaffrey and then give Elijah Mitchell more carries. <laughs> What is that about? The wild west, that running back. Yeah, Yeah. but um, field, what about your quarterback, Lou? Yeah, in a bit of a whim, I went Dak Prescott because we heard live on the show that Matt Stafford was going to be out, so I thought Dak was going to be a strong start, and he was. Um, uh, 266 passing yards, three touchdowns. But just hampered a bit by two interceptions. But Dak's a good player and he was a solid start. And I think he's gonna be another he's gonna have another good game this week, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. And I'm Justin Fields. That's pretty much all I have to say. Big (laughs) time hit. But before we carry on, lads, I just wanna just wanna bring something to our attention, a little kind of fun thing that our friend Rob has put together. Shout out Rob. Avid listener. Got him working for us now. Not a full time employee though. We've only got one of those. The man who says forget about it. Yeah, that's him. He'll forget be forget ins- about it, man. He'll be into no, not yet, mate. See, you I showed said, I beckoned him <laughs> into be- the room. That's what you we can't said. Do that. <laughs> can't do <laughs> that. He's going yeah, I shout, forget about it, man, and he he puts down his his burger uh, and his milkshake and and runs into the room yeah, and shouts it. And we pay him. We pay him. 2P every second he's in the room, mate. So now that's, that's why we get him off really quickly on the same yeah. side. Yeah. Um where was I? <laughs> You're talking about our friend Rob, um league member in our in our personal league. Yeah, um, Rob. So so Rob's he's, he's put together some some wins and losses from our draft this year. Uh, obviously the, these are specific to our league, but a lot of them are the ADP, the average draft positions of these players. So, the first win, Justin Fields was picked a hundred and forty fourth in our league, and he's currently the the QB four on the season, which is unbelievable. Christian Kirk was picked a hundred second in our league. He's currently the 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 wide receiver seven. As as we said, Kirk's really streaky, but it just shows you how. how unbelievably playable he is when he is on his game. Um Jamal Williams hundred and fifty sixth and he's the running back fifteen so far in the season, you know the 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 running back situation there is very weird and I'm sure that his and DeAndre Swift's draft positions should have been flipped around And probably the the biggest win, the biggest draft uh, steal is Tyreek Hill. He went 34th in our draft. And that's not us just being stupid. I know Hill's hmm. draft position average was around the 30s. And he's yep. currently, quite clearly, the wide receiver one. But onto some losses in our league and in leagues around. Jonathan Taylor picked first in the majority of leagues. And he's currently the running back twenty seven. I expect him to be a top fifteen running back come the end of the season, but that isn't good. DJ Moore, this is a, a a big time whiff. Uh he was picked thirtieth overall in our league and I know he was going quite high. And he's currently the, the wide receiver twenty seven. Kyle Pitts, I think the biggest whiff of the season. The, pits. the absolute pits of it. Picked fortieth in our league, and I would say that was quite that was quite low. I I yeah. saw I saw Pitts. That's what the start of the nice. fourth fifth, round, fifth round, yeah, no, fifth round, fifth round. And I saw him going in in the third sometimes. Yeah. So even that's low. And 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 he was the third tight end off the board, and he's the twentieth tight end so far. Keenan Allen obviously injury plagued season, but he's he he went off the board thirty third, and he's currently the hundred and thirty sixth wide receiver because he's barely played. And Najee Harris. Um, mm. Picked right at the top of the second round in most drafts, Najee Harris, and he's currently the running back twenty six. So not even a running back one or two. Mm. Um, so it's it's interesting halfway through the season to look at these uh, people. Like I said, I think I think Jonathan Taylor, you're going to get a, a little bit of a return on that investment. But some of those picks, like like Pitts and Allen, are just maybe lost causes at this point. I don't know. But um, we'll come back and do a full kind of draft recap at the end of the year. But but thanks for that, Rob. That was pretty interesting to look back on. I'd yeah, say. nice one. Thank you. Thank you, make Rob. All thanks for so making <laughs> us all look stupid. Thanks for all stupid, Rob. Um, let's move on to waivers though. Um, bye weeks this week, you've got the Buccaneers, Jaguars, Dolphins, and Seahawks on buy. A lot of big players there, and obviously a lot of big players injured or still injured. Um, from previous weeks so I think these waivers are quite important this week Al, give us your two waiver pickups I'm going to go for Jerry McKinnon number one uh, for running back for the Kansas City Chiefs look, I'm not saying McKinnon is going to be a player that you're going to be able to start every week, but he should be rostered He's been catching a lot of passes recently and in games where it looks like the Chiefs are gonna put up a lot of points on maybe uh have have a have a tough one of it and they're gonna throw the ball a lot, they pepper McKinnon with targets they have done the past few weeks. Um and Clyde Aduzalo uh, looks like he's he's on the verge of retirement. So uh um, not, not 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 of his own, you know, volition, but very much forced by the Chiefs because they hate him. He's he's the Chiefs are forcing him to, to hop into Matt Ryan's grave. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and and fill himself over with that sweet, sweet mud. Yeah. So and I, I don't I'm I I'm not on the Isaiah Pacheco train. I think he's an average player, uh, but Jake McKinnon is one that you can pick up and not feel too bad about playing. And I'm gonna go Foster Moreau as well, because Wallers on IR. The, the tight end for the Raiders, I should say. And although the Raiders are stinkingly bad at the minute, Moreau is bringing in a lot of targets, especially at the tight end position. Targets are king, so he needs to be added. And I think he's a safe, safe floor at the tight end position. Nice one, Al. Sharples, who do you think we should be picking up off waivers?
1: Uh, so first of all, uh, rostered in only 12% of leagues, I've gone for a wide receiver from the New York Giants, Darius Slayton. Uh, I'm breaking my own rule here because I'm not following the targets on this one, I'm following the points. But in his past three games, he's had two touchdowns, He's, I think his lowest score has been 10, I think he had 14, 10 and 18. At this stage in the season, you know, you've had injuries, you've got players on bye weeks, it's hard to get that kind of production off waivers. Uh, and so while it's a gamble and he, it's equally likely he could have uh, you know a goose game, uh, I think he's a good ad for this week because he's against Detroit and I think the rest of the season it's, it's hard to find that sort of guy who's going to give you the big plays and I think he might be one of them. So he's my first one. And then uh, even further off the board in only 3% of leagues, gone for the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals, Trey McBride. Um, With obviously Zach Ertz out is is the big factor in this one, he's on for a bigger workload he will share that with Stephen Anderson but uh, McBride is a second round pick and hopefully the pedigree there will show uh, and he'll win the job for the rest of the season but yeah, Slayton and McBride for me Cheers Apples Uh, I've gone a bit unorthodox this week uh, because I've gone for two wide receivers from the same
0: team Uh, Ben Skoronic and Van Jefferson um, wide receivers for the loss and Julius Rams um listen one of these guys is bound to benefit from Cooper cup's absence because you know cup demanded such a high target share on that team I think it was you know probably what was it like 150 percent of the targets mm-hmm. to yeah. Cooper cup um so those targets they need to go somewhere um you know unlike a lot of teams I don't see those targets going to anyone um from the running back uh, room and I don't think Alan Robinson he's up to the task of taking over that lead position. I think, you know, like the Chiefs with Mahomes, uh, Stafford's gonna be forced to spread the ball around a bit more. If I were to pick one of these two guys, it would probably probably be uh, Squironic, because Jefferson's been out injured most of the season, so he might not be up to pace yet. And Squironic has had a decent workload um, so far this year. You know, not like you know, not wide receiver one or two, but he's been involved. Um, So yeah, I think. Unorthodox, but take your shot on one of those guys. Whoever's available, they're both available. You know, in virtually all of leagues, and you know, see what you have this coming week. I think. But let's bring our mate in briefly. Briefly, paying that much. Yeah, I just worked out then two p two p per second. It's like sixty quid an hour. We need to get this going. We need to get lad. He's only in here for. 20 seconds. So you know. Okay. Um 40 (laughs) P we're we're starting starting uh looking ahead to next week. I need I'm panicking because we (laughs) because I need to do it fast. Um (laughs) we got 40 P on you, lad. (laughs) (laughs) The only way we know how players that we think that should be locked into your lineup. The section's called
1: Forget About It.
0: And here we go. The quarterback position, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow. Forget about it. Running backs, Barkley, Eckler, CMC, Mixon, Cook, Henry, Jacobs, Kamara, Taylor, Chubb, Stevenson, Pierce. Forget about it. Nice long list of running backs there for you. Wide receiver, Jefferson, Diggs, Adams, Hopkins, Lamb and Amon, Raston, Brown. Forget about it. And tight end Kelsey, and hopefully, welcome back Mark Andrews. Forget about to it! You, mate. Yeah, also, mate, that's about 60p, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, thanks, mate. So, let's get on to, to our picks for the week. Uh, let's be traditional. Let's start at the quarterback position, Sharples.
1: Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a bit of a tough one this week, boys, for a couple of positions, but um, I've gone for Justin Herbert, quarterback for the LA Chargers. <sighs> Um, Kansas Angeles City giving up the third most points to fantasy quarterbacks and last time out uh, which I believe was back in week two Herbert had 334 yards and three touchdowns now we know he's had a couple of below par games but I think sometimes you've got to trust the talent uh, I think it's one of those matches where you're against a team that has a really good offense and not a great defense which generally are quite high scoring matches so I'm um, yeah counting on a bounce back for for Herbie so uh, yeah Justin Herbert quarterback for me
0: nice one uh I'm gonna go with Dak Prescott. Um, you know, he was he was my off the cuff star of the week last week. Uh but I'm gonna back in this week and be even more confident about it. Um since his return from his injury, he's he's been he's been great. Um he's thrown over two hundred and fifty yards and multiple touchdowns in his last two games. Um both of those games, C D Lamb and Dalton Schultz, have had season best fantasy numbers, so He's fully back on track with his top weapons. This week he's playing Minnesota. They're on a bit of a roll, should be a competitive game. But Minnesota are also bottom ten in fantasy points and passing yards given up to quarterbacks. So I think Dak keeps it rolling and has a good uh, good week this week. Well. Um I'm going Daniel Jones. DJ. Uh, look, oh. I'm I'm a I'm a card carrying member of the Daniel Jones' is bad at football club. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good player, but he's often built to score fantasy points given the right opportunity. And, oh boy, does he have that opportunity this week. Detroit, that's all I have to say, really, I think. Detroit, you know, he, sh- he should have a bunch of rushing yards on top of hopefully a nice game for the uh You just saw Justin Fields run for a billion yards and uh, Jones can, can can do it with his legs and... Um, He's limited the turnovers this year as well. I was really quite surprised. Not many turnovers whatsoever. So I think you can have a nice game this week um, on a team that he'll be able to to let loose against. Nice. Let's let's jump over to tight ends. Um, I'll start, I'm going to go with Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. Um, he goosed me very, very early in the season. But over the past two weeks, he's been absolutely insane. Nine receptions, 115 yards, and four touchdowns in the last two weeks. Um, I mean, I reckon that that's exactly the talent that I saw from him when I picked him um, in week two. But you know, Hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm not expecting Komet to to score another two touchdowns. But um, and you know, his opponent this week, who he's against, has actually only allowed one touchdown to tight ends this season. But I do think um, Komet's going to be a decent start against Atlanta. Uh, despite that touchdown start, uh, Atlanta are third worst in yards and receptions given up to tight ends. The bottom eight in fancy points given up to the position. Um, I think Komet keeps it rolling. He should be a solid start. But now I've said that, he will goose. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you're giving me a bit of confidence, though, because I'm looking looking down the barrel of playing Cole Komet because I have Darren Waddle and Gerald Everett. So... Uh, He's in my lineup at the minute, so nice. thanks for that. Who's your start, though, Al? Uh, it's George Kittle. You know, the, the 49ers offense is really weird, like we just went through, and, and Kittle has felt the, the brunt of that, too. Only one catch last week. Um, but as Lou said a few weeks ago, he's playing the Cardinals this week, and the Cardinals, as Lou said, are awful every so often, every three years or so, against tight ends. So this is a matchup play. There's no way a player of George Kittle's calibre doesn't go out and absolutely torch a team that is as bad at defending the tight end as the Cardinals are. I think we see a big yardage game from him, maybe even breaking 100 for the first time this year, but it's a smash play for me and uh, a nice nice bounce-back and confidence boost for Kittle owners, I think. Nice. Maybe it's something to do with leap years yeah i don't know is it a leap year
1: tell us why don't you tell, why don't you email in at that um email address that we haven't given you
0: yeah emailing. um chapels <laughs> who's your tight end
1: i think it's actually mars in retrograde um thanks i think that's what caused it um but i've gone for T.J. hawkinson tight end of the uh now minnesota vikings um, 19 targets in his first two games really healthy number um, only thing it's been for pretty short yardage so he's had two good games but nothing amazing uh, Cowboys defence obviously no joke but as we've heard the tight end position is getting even thinner on the ground particularly with recent injuries and Hawkinson is one of the few oases in that very very arid desert so uh, yeah Hawkinson against the Cowboys for me this week
0: nice nice we'll go running back Al give us yours
1: I'm going to go David Montgomery. Now,
0: the last time I picked Montgomery and Kittle, to be honest, they they, they suffered from injuries, so I'm hoping for a bit of redemption with these picks. And I did do a bunch of research on how Montgomery is clearly still uh, out-snapping and on the field double that Herbert is, and that was going to be my main argument, but Herbert's on IR. Oh, so yeah. um, all I will say is that Montgomery is playing Atlanta this week, Uh in a game that should see a decent amount of points and uh, he's a really great play, so play David Montgomery because he's there on his own Nice, Sharples who's your running back?
1: Yeah this was the other one I struggled to pick this week Uh, I've gone for Devin Singletary running back for the Buffalo Bills uh, Cleveland giving up the second most points to fantasy running backs which I think is going a little bit under the under the radar and it's quite hard to pick from the Bills backfield because obviously they've got a few pieces in there it's quite a murky situation but Singletary looked good last week did have a fumble but also had two touchdowns and looks to be the red zone go-to I feel like the Bills will be looking to bounce back and put quite a few points on the board so once they've marched their way up to the end zone all they have to do is give Singletary the ball and let him run in for a yard so yeah, Devin Singletary this week
0: I'm gonna go Brian Robinson running back for the Commanders. Uh listen, I think this commander's backfield has he's become a bit of a two headed monster now instead of sort of an all out committee. You know, granted, McKissick has been injured, but Washington seemed to have found success in like a bit of a bit of a one two punch with Robinson and Gibson. And in that sort of this is a little bit of a risky pick, but I think Robinson's a clear leader of that ground game. Um, he's led the commanders in carries every single week uh, since his first game in week six. Um, and in three of the four wins over that period, he's commanded over 50% of the carries uh, on the whole team. So they're now facing a Texans team who are just absolutely dead last against the run, giving up over 180 rushing yards a game and, uh, Commanders are also favoured in the game, so I think this game script should suit Robinson and the Commanders' running game. I think he gets a touchdown. I think he's going to be solid. But uh, let's move straight over to wide receivers last. Sharples, who's yours?
1: Uh, Yeah, I've gone for uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, wide receiver for the uh, Washington Commanders. Uh, He's had a steady uptick uh, in targets over the past few weeks, uh, 8, 8, 9 and 11 respectively. And while he's not had too many touchdowns, and I think he'll he'll need he'll need to start getting touchdowns to really hit that upper echelon of starts, uh, I think the target share makes him really hard to pass up, even against a Texans team that has actually been quite stingy to fantasy wide receivers. Only concern is that I've heard rumblings and ruminations that Carson Wentz might be uh, might be getting ready to get back in the frame. I don't know whether that's true. I hope it's not. Uh, but you apparently can. that finger's healing up, so we'll have to see. You can't. No, I mean, if I was the GM, I'd... I'd... <laughs>
0: I'd break a, a few more of his fingers because you know <laughs> Heineke's Heineke's been getting been getting wins. Um, I'm gonna go Rondale Moore, wide receiver for the Cardinals. Um, he's seen a total of 31 targets in his last three games, um, along with over 90 receiving yards in two of those games. And now the Cardinals have just lost Zach Ertz, so even more targets could be coming Moore's way. You know, Murray is still questionable for this week uh, after the hamstring injury that that kept him out in the previous game. But Mo was still very productive with Colt McCoy um, at quarterback, even against a Rams defense that still does have a very talented defensive line. Um, So I'm not really worried um, if it's McCoy going up against this San Francisco defensive front. Speaking of the 49ers, they were initially one of the tougher defences against the past this season, but over the last three games they're giving up over 257 passing yards per game that's bottom six in the league so I think Rondell Moore regardless of quarterback, should have a solid game and Al, why don't you round us out with your wide receiver So I'm going Chris Olave wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, he's the only dude there, but he is a dude, honestly he's a great player if you chase an opportunity, then look no further. You know, the quarterback play of Andy Dalton leaves a lot to be desired, but is still demanding eight targets. The touchdowns have dried up a little recently, but I'd expect that to change this week against the Rams, who do give up uh, almost one receiving touchdown a game to opposing fantasy wide receivers, compared to the 0.5 rushing touchdowns they give up to the running backs. So if there is a way to score touchdowns on the Rams and get at them in the red zone, it's through the air. So, um, and also you, you'd expect that 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 stat should be worse because the Rams just played um, Jimmy Garoppolo, the master of the no touchdown throw win at the weekend. <laughs> so th- those those bad numbers for the Rams are actually boosted to look even better because no wide receiver like did anything at the weekend for the Niners. But it would be great if Jameis Winston were to start for Olave because. I don't get the whole Andy Dalton thing. To me, Winston has the mistakes and the upside. Dalton just has the mistakes. But regardless, I'm predicting a very nice game for Alave and a touchdown. I'm predicting. A touch- I'm not tried to explicitly predict a touchdown since Adam Thielen in week three, which was a success. So I'm going to call a Chris Olave touchdown this week. Nice one, Al. Mm-hmm. So moving on. Finally, let's look forward to week eleven. Uh, the games that are being played, Sharples, Why don't you? Why don't you fill us in on your tiers?
1: Yeah, I've been a bit optimistic. I think I might have shoehorned a couple in the great category, because. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think Vikings Cowboys sure to be a really good game. Yeah. Um I think so much just tells me the Patriots Jets might be interesting. There's always that big yeah. rivalry, there and they've both look decent. Obviously, there's always a chance that Bill Belichick will just completely scheme. Uh, Zach Wilson out the game and the Jets will do nothing, but I'm, I'm hopeful there. And also Chief Charges. If, if I'm right and Justin Herbert bounces back, that should be a bit of a shootout. So those are the three in my in my top tier this week.
0: Nice. Any duds? I, think, I mean, I think it's obvious. Oh, You've got the stinkiest really, like, game of
1: the whole year. Yeah.
0: We have. Yes.
1: Done. A lot of duds. I think obviously the the chief chief suspect for that would be the Broncos Raiders. I don't even yeah, going out on a limb that. there. Um, I also don't really like to look at the look of the Saints Rams. Um, yeah, I, I've
0: I've got that down as the most boring game of the weekend.
1: Hmm. Mm. Um. And Giants Lions as well. Now that that Detroit Lions offense has sort of tapered off a bit, I'm just not liking the look of that either.
0: No, I think the Lions offense is coming is coming back. It's come back. They got the mojo back a little, and I think that game's quite interesting. I do kind of like the look also of the Chiefs Chargers because that's that's always a decent game with those quarterbacks um and the bengals at steelers is always pretty spicy but i think looking at the games on paper this year there's so many average ones because you've got like the rams the colts the broncos the saints the cardinals all teams underperforming so some games don't jump out to you but i agree cowboys at vikings is the game yeah that's my game of the week as well two really good teams two offenses that that can score points um I think if Dallas Dallas's defenses gets back on track, that'll be the difference maker. For me, an interesting game that was one of the ones that we didn't mention was the Forty ers Cardinals, just because you know Seattle are on a bye week, so the Forty ers they've got a real chance to sort of be well on the way of of catching up to the Seahawks in that NFC West race. So we'll we'll just see what happens there. But um, that'll that'll round us out. Uh, any final thoughts, guys?
1: Um, I'd just like to say an early commiserations to uh, Cole Komet as he will inevitably suffer a double <laughs> compound fracture now that Lewis has picked him as his tight end for the week yes yeah, so I, like
0: I would like to say congratulations to Chris Alavi on your touchdown <laughs> <laughs> nice, that'll do us uh, enjoy week 11 everyone goodbye, see ya bye bye